Today on episode number 722, if you've ever thought, I wonder if my podcast can benefit from LinkedIn, well, I reached out to a LinkedIn guru, Karen Yankovic, and she's going to answer that question, as well as Dave has a fun-filled story about yet another bad pitch to be on this show, and some future things that are coming up at the School of Podcasting. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up. Well... I am uh, recording this in the middle or towards the end, maybe, not sure, of a pandemic, but I know know this, that May 21st through the 23rd, We Are Podcast House Sessions is going on, and I'm going to be one of the featured speakers. Check it out at wearepodcast.com. That should be interesting to watch. Other news? Podcast movement has now moved to October, which is the week right after she podcasts. That's going to be interesting. And my advice on these physical, well, really on all these events, but especially the physical ones, these are people that have put up tons, tons. I mean, like, think about a lot of money. Go ahead. Think about a lot. Now double it. It's probably, it's a lot of money to book these hotels, it's a gamble. And then they're like, oh yeah, and then hopefully we can attract enough people to come here and so we don't end up paying for a bunch of empty hotel rooms. And so if you're a female, I went to She Podcast last year and as a dude, I I am, I love this analogy, I am the fish that is in water that doesn't know he's in water because he can't see it. So I never kind of get the whole like, you know, all the the whole women, not women power, because obviously men are pigs, but just the I never quite got the whole women want to be around women because guys kind of just mm, they're always guys. And it's not that you hate us, but eh, you kind of do. Well, not really, but yeah, maybe. And so it's cool when you guys can get together. And so that was a really magical time. I, I remember I came out. And uh, I was at, I was working a booth for Libsyn and somebody came out and I said, how was your session? I think I've told you the story before. And she said, that was a great session. The speaker was awesome. Some woman stood up and told a story and we all cried. And it, it's not really a joke. I said, you've never seen that at podcast movement. Why? Because for whatever reason, again, said the fish in the water that can't see the water, there's an environment there that is maybe not present at other shows because, well, dudes. Podcast Movement is, I think, yeah, I think they can say they're the largest one. They're still the largest one. Podcast Movement has independent podcasters, also has radio people there. It's a great mix of everybody and vendors, and I don't know what's going to happen in October. I'm just here to say that if you can go, please support these events because here's the thing. If both these lose their shirt, that's going to hurt 
podcasting in general. Yes, there's the Indie PodCon, there's PodFest, obviously it's another huge event and things like that, but we don't want to see these go away. These are great events for people for networking, for inspiration, for education, and I'm just saying, especially for these physical ones, not again that the the online ones aren't important. But these physical ones, these people have put their butt on the line, and I don't want to see them lose their butt. Hey, is your audience not growing fast enough? Have you ever stopped to think that maybe it's your content? Look, I know your friends and family said it was great, and they wouldn't lie, right? I mean, they love you. Find out what needs polished and what you need to do more of when you get your show reviewed at podcastreviewshow.com. That's podcastreviewshow.com. LinkedIn started back in 2003, now has 332 million members. In fact, if we wait a second, 1,001, yep, two new people just joined. 42 million unique mobile visitors per month. That is up from 29 million a year before. This is courtesy from the internet, Jeff Bullis. And if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Uh, 107 million users are in the U.S. alone. The average time a user spends on LinkedIn is 17 minutes a month. 25 million LinkedIn profiles are viewed every day. One in three professionals on the planet are on LinkedIn, and you can increase your LinkedIn views by 11 times by including a photo. 41% of visits to LinkedIn are on mobile. 56 are male. 44% are female. 30,000 long-form posts are published on LinkedIn every week. 13% of LinkedIn users don't have a Facebook account. That's interesting. 59% of LinkedIn users don't visit Twitter. I get that. LinkedIn users spend 26% of their time on LinkedIn using the mobile app. And I want to say thanks to Kim from the, the uh, I was going to say the podcaster's voice. Nope. She is a podcaster. She's a pharmacist. And you can find it at the pharmacist's voice. And that is a journey podcast where you're following her as she's trying to transition from being a pharmacist to a voiceover person specializing in the medical field. And Kim said, hey, Dave, like, how should podcasters be using LinkedIn? And I went, you know, I'm not really sure about that, but I know who does, and that is Karen Yankovich. And so I reached out to Karen. I've met her a couple of times at different events and said, hey, it's time to talk about LinkedIn on the School of Podcasting, and here is my conversation. She is the LinkedIn queen. I mean, that's all there is to it. She's not wearing a crown right now, but it's at the shop. It's getting polished. But Karen Yankovich, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Dave. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, I've heard you speak a couple times. We've met at different conferences, and I was like, so if you ever wonder, is it worth going to a conference? It's that that one little seed that you sow that later somebody goes, hey, do you know anything about LinkedIn? And somebody goes, oh. I know the person you got to talk to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also are a podcaster, which is make makes things nice because you kind of understand both sides of the fence. Good girls get rich. Yeah. Do they really? They do. Well, when you, when you are, when you really lean into and own what you're good at and you build your business and your career and your life run and you tell the world, I'm really good at this. That's where I believe that's where the abundance comes into your life. That's where this all stems from. 
So I, I guess we'll start off with what is the difference between LinkedIn and let's say Facebook? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I, they're like two completely different things yeah. because I mean, the biggest difference is that Facebook is is not just for business. LinkedIn is just for business. So you and I meet at a conference the next week. If I connect with you on Facebook, it's a little premature, right? Like we don't really, you know, we haven't really developed that kind of a relationship yet, but it's perfectly acceptable to connect with people that you meet at a conference on LinkedIn because that is how you develop those relationships and how you further the relationships with the, the people you meet in your business and in and around your business. I'm always kind of confused because I have people, if I went on LinkedIn right now, I'm sure I've got a bunch of people that are trying to connect and I go to them and I'm like, I have no idea who they are. And I think in some ways you can leave a little note like, Hey, we met at such and such, but most of the time it's just somebody's name and they want to connect with me. And I've heard kind of both sides of the fence. I've heard, Oh yeah, just connect with everybody. Cause then it'll look like you're super popular. And then I have other people say, no, you should only connect with people, you know, because you're there to make connections and, and, foster a relationship. And I was, I'm like, okay, I, I get both sides of that fence. Is there, is this yeah. one of those where it just, it depends. Is this just like a podcast it, thing? You know, it, it, I would say I, I probably lean towards accepting all the connection requests, unless something wonky comes out or you feel, you feel like it's just not right for a couple reasons. Number one, one of the most powerful things about LinkedIn is your second degree network. And the bigger your first degree network is, the bigger your second degree network is. And that is really where a big part of the power is on LinkedIn. If you want to reach out to someone for whatever reason, and you know, you look to see who do you know that you're connected to, sometimes you have to go to that second level network and that second level network could be really powerful. So that's just logistically, that makes sense to have a bigger first degree network for that. But also, you know, one of the things we were seeing, and it's starting to starting to back off a little bit, but for a while we were seeing like just a lot of spam on LinkedIn, crazy network, crazy connection requests, all these people trying to sell us. LinkedIn's really done a good job of shutting down the tools that were making that possible. But what it what happens when people connect with you is they've started the conversation, right? And as podcasters, you know, we want more downloads. We want more people to listen to us. So of course, there's going to be tons of people, if we're doing this right, that know who we are and we don't know who they are. So when they when they ask to connect with us on LinkedIn, yeah, should they put a little note? They should. Do they? Probably not. But if they don't, it's a great opportunity for you to say, you know, hey, Joe, thanks so much for sending me a connection request. I see you do this or this, or you live here and I live there or whatever. That sounds really interesting. Tell me more about what it is you do. Because very possibly the reason they connected with you is because they want to work with you. Just got to ask, I guess. Right. Is- and they started the conversation, right? <laughs> so you're not the one that's spamming it. You're just picking up the ball that they threw at you and, and running with it. Well, are there any top mistakes that you can make on LinkedIn that you just go, when you see it and you can just, it just make you roll your eyes and go, uh, not, not one of those. Yeah. Well, when people send you a message, a connection request that says, you know, my boss really wants you to buy our services or something like that, or even frankly, I've got this great webinar that you should listen to. I don't even know you. I'm not listening to your webinar. I get 10 of those a day, right? I'm not listening to 10 webinars from people I don't know. Build an actual relationship. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see on LinkedIn is people look to build their network too fast. Instead of doing it on a micro-targeted way, think about like five people who could change your business forever if you were going to connect with them and build out a, build a relationship with them, actually get on the phone, actually talk to them. Right. So when you're doing that, that makes it valuable as opposed to just connecting with people for the sake of connecting with them. So I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is not really having a plan 
or a reason for connecting with people. There's so many opportunities to connect with people from a warm network perspective, like conferences. We've been at conferences, right? Connect with the speakers. Say, hey, we're both at this conference. That's a great warm connection request as opposed to, I see you're a coach. I like coaches. Let's connect, you know? (laughs) I guess one of the things I could see LinkedIn being used for is maybe if you're trying to find really good guests for your show. So what, what kind of search tools and tips and tricks can people learn from LinkedIn? Well, I think, first of all, I would be searching, like leverage the other platforms, right? Search iTunes to see, or Apple podcasts, right? To see what people have, what guests have talked about the kinds of things you're looking to have on your show, listen to them. And if you think they're a good guest, then reach out to them on LinkedIn. And now that warm connection request is I listened to you on ABC show and I loved it. I wanted, I'd love to connect here and get to know a little bit more about what you're doing. Who wouldn't accept that connection request, right? The podcast hosts, other people that, that host podcasts. If you're listening to podcasts, connect with the host, tell them you love it. If there's books that you love, connect with the authors, tell them that you loved their book, right? So it isn't necessarily about going to LinkedIn and searching. It's about finding these people on other platforms and then coming on over to LinkedIn to use LinkedIn as the vehicle to start to build a relationship with them. What would you think besides finding guests, what other things could podcasters use LinkedIn for? To find, you know, maybe even podcasts that you could be interviewed on, right? Some mm-hmm. of the best ways to build out your business or what, you know, or, or to get more downloads for your podcast is to be on other people's podcasts. So same thing applies, right? Look to see what other shows are out there that take guests, listen to their shows and, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn and tell them what you loved about their show. You don't immediately jump to, and I should be a guest, right? <laughs> but look to build a relationship. I've had serious paydays from being on on certain people's podcasts. So it I'll take a few minutes to have a phone call or a couple of email conversations to really micro target the exact right podcast that I think my audience is going to be listening to. A new audience for me might be listening to. Um, it's worth building the relationship with these podcast hosts beforehand to potentially be a guest on their show. And then sponsors, sponsors. If you position yourself like you're worthy of a sponsor and really create a profile that positions you as if you're peers with the most influential people in your industry, that's really valuable. Press, media, who talks about the kinds of things that you're expert in in the news, right? Connecting with those people. And again, same kind of thing. You connect with them. I read your article, right? It was really great. And then they'll see if you've done your job right on your podcast, on your profile, that you're a podcast host, that you are, you're an expert in the kinds of things they write in, right? And again, your goal is to get on the phone with these people, not just to have a lot of people in your network. I know when I've heard you speak, you talk a lot about the LinkedIn profile, and that really seems to be kind of where everybody needs to start. So if you're not even on LinkedIn, that's kind of the first thing you have to do is build your profile. What are some of the, I guess, top mistakes or things you should be looking to do with your profile when you first kind of dip your toe yeah. in the water? You know, the first thing I, I want to kind of point out is like a lot of people look at their LinkedIn profile, like an online resume. Your resume is all about who you used to be. Your LinkedIn profile really should be about the person you want to be, you want to become the way you want to be seen kind of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have, like create a profile be authentic, but create a profile that really positions you the way you want to be seen. Just by saying you're a podcast host gives you cred, right? It gives you credibility and own that. And I would say one of the biggest mistakes I see people make on their profiles is making it all about them as opposed to the people they want to connect with. Nobody cares 
that you're the CEO. Nobody cares about your your degrees and that you know how to use Word and Excel and that you've got the certification. What they want to know is what you can do for them. So tell me about you, but make it about me. And that's where your profile really becomes engaging and people want to want to know more about you and want to do business with you. For me, let's see, we were going to, I did my profile would be like, I help people start successful podcasts. Not so much. I know audition and Hindenburg. Exactly. 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 And if in your about section, you talk about, you know, I recently worked with this new podcaster who's been talking about podcasting for five years and within three months, we were able to make this and that happen. You know, and I, I love seeing that because now I can see the momentum that's happening in his career as a result of it. Right. So you're telling me about you that you helped him get there, but you're making it about me. Cause I'd be like, well, I, w- I want that to happen for me in three months. And then what kind of content can you add? I know there's, uh, is, is there a difference between articles and posts for there, there is. Okay. Yeah. What is the difference? So, so posts are like a Facebook wall, right? It's like your wall and the posts will get more engagement and more visibility in the short term, but the articles become a part of your profile. For example, if you, you can't embed audio in a LinkedIn long form post, but you can embed video. One of the things that I've done, not, as consistently as I'd like. But one of the things that I've done is sometimes I'll do like a five minute recap video of my podcast. You guys are going to love this week's guest. We talked about this. We talked about that. Don't miss this. And I'll, you know, upload that to YouTube and then I'll create like a, it's almost like a blog post. And then they live on my LinkedIn profile. So they become like a part of my profile as opposed to a disappearing post in the wall. So by having that, it also becomes, you know, LinkedIn is the number one content hub on the internet. The number one content hub on the internet. So if you create these long form posts, you are becoming a part of that and your content becomes a part of that. That's interesting because I would think it would be, that's true. It's content because there's medium, but medium Mm -hmm. hasn't been around near as long as LinkedIn and it's not owned by Microsoft, which helps, you know, right? exactly. Interesting. I know there's a, there's some sort of big shot, smarty pants paid version of LinkedIn. I forget what the name of it is. Um, LinkedIn sales navigator. Yeah. Who is that for? Cause that's, what does that run for? I know obviously the price probably goes all over the place from time to time. But mm, it's, it's $80 a month. Okay. So that's not $80 a month. That's super expensive, but not, you gotta be thinking about that. If you're going to yep. be, you gotta yep. get something but out of it. Here's the thing. If you are investing in LinkedIn, if you have a business, listen, LinkedIn is not the place to go to sell your $5 items or your hundred dollar items. Right. But if your podcast I mean, I'll give you an example of a use for, for LinkedIn Sales Navigator. At the last conference we were at, I did a, a workshop before the conference. So I went and it was in Orlando. So I went to my Sales Navigator and with Sales Navigator, I'm able to narrow down the search by geography, not greater Orlando area, but 20 miles of a zip code, right? Or not Florida and Atlanta, right? I can put it without a zip code. And then I can put the word podcaster in and I can put a couple of other things in. And then I can also narrow it down by people active on LinkedIn. So I'm not wasting my time and reaching out to those people. First of all, I can reach out to my first degree network and say, hey, I'm going to be in Orlando. You should come hang out at this event that I'm doing. But if I do this early enough, I can even build out my network of second degree people by saying, hey, you have a podcast. I have a podcast. I'm just listening to your show. I'd love to be connected to you. And then six months later reach out to them now as a first degree network and say, Hey, I've got this, this workshop that I'm doing. Again, it's really about being intentional and sales navigator allows us to 
to be more intentional. You know, one of the things about LinkedIn that is different than all the other platforms is they are militant about making sure nobody but you logs into your profile. So your assistant can't log into your profile for you, right? So any way we can leverage our time on LinkedIn by having some help without us having to do every little task ourselves to me is valuable. And Sales Navigator helps me leverage the time that I spend on LinkedIn. I'm spending a lot. I'm, I'm not doing as much spinning my wheels because I'm able to really niche into the, the kinds of work that I'm doing there. It's not so much a, a spray and pray. It's like, oh, no, these are actually the people I need to be talking to. Yep. And that's yep. and that's worth the time it saves. You exactly. Know. Exactly. And if you're not and if $80 a month sounds like too much money for you to do that, then then you're not either thinking big enough about growing your podcast or your business or you are you don't have the right products and services yet. If you make one great relationship a month, that is way worth your $80, right? So Yeah. And you said you could filter it by active. Uh, yes. What 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 yes. is their definition of active? Well, yeah. what they're saying is has posted on LinkedIn in the past 30 days. Okay. So it doesn't mean that you're active and you haven't posted, but I don't honestly care about that. I know if you have posted that you're active. So there's enough people in that pool for me for me not to worry about the fact that you're active, but you didn't post, but you now you're not coming up in my search. Right. So I, you know, they, they say you've posted on LinkedIn in the last 30 days. So that's what they're calling active. How much time do I need to spend to make it worth my while? You know what? You don't need to spend a ton of time. You need to do some work up front. You need to get your profile done. You need to be clear. You know, one of the other things that sales navigator does is it allows you to save searches mm-hmm. and, a search will get updated dynamically. For example, if you're searching for people that are second degree connections, that blah, 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 right? Every time a second degree connection becomes a first degree connection, their connections become eligible for that search, right? So the search never dies. So doing some work up front around great searches for people that you want to be connected with and having a great profile, then you can just go in a half hour, a couple times a week. I do not spend a ton of time on LinkedIn. I don't. I probably need to update my own profile. I try to stay on top of my messages because my messages is where the business is, right? So I am on my LinkedIn messages like crazy. But other than that, you know, I post, I share, like, and comment on a couple of things, but I spend way less time on LinkedIn probably than I spend on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, Twitter, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Twitter fan yeah. and Facebook is like the black hole, right? <laughs> but LinkedIn, I go in intentionally a couple half hours a week. Dave, I had somebody two hours ago reach out to me literally with this big business opportunity. And at the end of it, I was like, well, let me ask you who referred me to you. And he's like, oh, I did some LinkedIn search and found you. I was like, all right, well, that's what I want. That's what you want to happen. But yeah. so when you say everybody wants to spend two minutes and get all this business, you said it jokingly, but that's actually what happens on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you do it right, like that's actually yeah. what happens. It's where the business is. It's where the money is. You just have to, you have to keep, get the ball rolling and then just kind of keep it rolling. And it's easier to keep it rolling once you get it rolling. When did you know you wanted to start a podcast? You know, it's funny. I had been blogging for years and I will say that one of the things that I 100% attribute a lot of the growth my business has had over the past 10 years or eight years is committing to weekly blogging. And this was years ago. Once I started committing, I'm blogging every week, no matter what, but then I just started running out of gas. You know, like I am not really a writer and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And at the time I was really starting to get into listening to podcasts and I really wanted to do it, but I was getting caught up in all this stuff. What am I going to call it? I don't, I want it to be about LinkedIn, but who wants to listen to a podcast just about LinkedIn? And 
So it took me a little while to kind of get my bearings. And then I I come up with the title, Good Girls Get Rich. To me, I feel like women don't do a good enough job tooting their own horns. And on LinkedIn, that's what you're doing. Like you're creating a profile to tell the world how good you are. So I really feel like women need a little bit more of a, a kick in the butt with that. So I really wanted to focus on supporting women, you know, to tell the world how good they are and using LinkedIn to build relationships with people that they could never dream of having relationships with before. So that's kind of like the essence of my podcast. But then I, you know, I interview women um, and men that have um, had success and have used LinkedIn or have even just used relationship building or different types of topics. And then I, every other show in my, my podcast is a solo show. So the solo shows I've been leaning in the beginning, they weren't as LinkedIn focused, but I was getting asked for more LinkedIn stuff. So I just started saying, well, this is what you're known for. Why are you talking about Twitter? So let me, you know, let me dive in. And just so, so now we're pretty much focused on the solo shows, focus on LinkedIn marketing and the uh, guest shows are really focused on just how people built their own brands and built a career out of them. This might be an edit point. We'll find out. If I were to ask you to describe your audience, what would you say? Like what's your target audience? So my target audience are women who have reached six figures in their business or their career, but that's not enough. And they really want to step into a bigger role, whether that is as an entrepreneur, or maybe they're retiring or they are, and they want to step into work that way, or they've, as a six figure entrepreneur, we all, everybody talks about that six figure mark, but as an entrepreneur, that's not a whole lot of money in your pocket, right? There's after you pay all your tools and everything. So at that point, we're realizing it. We really need to think bigger and you're getting the confidence to charge $5,000 and $10,000 for packages. That is my sweet spot. But I also love that there's a lot of people that listen that are getting inspired to be there. We are definitely talking to a lot of women and men. I get a lot of feedback from both who are listening and they're feeling confident that they can start doing these things because they're hearing stories about other people that have done those things. The old, if they can do it, I can do it. And the reason I asked, I'm sitting here smiling because I just knew you were going to come up with this like super, when you said, I talked to six figure female, I was like, there you go. It's not a like, well, I'm hoping that women, you know, but it's like, no, no, yeah. it's not just women. It's that this is who I'm looking for. Cause the more I'm finding is people that are getting good results from their podcast, know exactly who they're talking to. And, so, and you know, what's so funny, Dave, when I, the clearer I get on that person they fall out of the sky and they yeah. don't fall out of the sky. Cause I do a lot of work on my podcast yeah. and on LinkedIn and my positioning and everything else. But what I love about my podcast over the blogs, the blogs, you know, you get help editing and it's your voice, but is it really your voice with the podcast? It's my voice. And I've had people say, listen, like I talk fast. I'm from New Jersey. I have a clear way of, of, of stating things. If you are from the Midwest and you want somebody who's going to let you take six months to figure something out, I am not the person for you. (laughs) And my podcast helps you determine that really quickly. I've had people reach out to me and say, my husband is the president of a West Coast company and they need your East Coast energy to kick them in the butt to get moving with some of these things. So the podcast helps not only when I'm speaking to to the audience that I know I want to be listening, that they're connecting with it, but it also lets them know if I'm the right person for them or not. There's a lot of people that teach LinkedIn marketing. I'm not right for everybody. And I don't want to be right for everybody. The the sooner we find that out, the better. So let them listen to my podcast and see if that's a good fit or not. Beautiful. Amen, sister. That's 
<laughs> yeah. But you know, Dave, I don't know if you remember this, but back to the original question about the podcast. I was a speaker at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference before my podcast had one published episode. Ah. I had one episode that was recorded and I was still sitting on it, like with the 55,000 reasons why it wasn't published yet. Yeah. And I left that conference with 25 pages of notes and my podcast was published within a, a couple of days of that conference. So, so back when you said conferences are a great way to meet people, they're also a great way to get inspiration and, and learn things. And I left that conference so excited to be a podcaster. And I, and that was probably, I don't know, my pod, we've got about two and a half years of episodes in. So whatever that makes it yeah. two years ago or three years ago, September, that was, and I've had an episode Almost every week since then. We've missed a few weeks here or there, but what almost was, every week since that conference. Looking back, what was probably the biggest reason why you didn't publish? Oh my gosh, perfection. I didn't have the right name. I didn't know what it was going to be. I, I needed to find the right music. I didn't have... Now I've published things that I can't even believe I'm publishing sometimes, but I'm like, <laughs> it's going out. It's just going out. I don't care if the sound isn't great or like the other, a couple of weeks ago, I guess I did a podcast episode um, and I record, it was a solo show. And you know how, you know, when you nail them, when you don't, I nailed it. And then as I'm listening to it, I was like, holy crap, my microphone wasn't plugged in and I was using the mic on my iPad or whatever. I was like, you know what? It's going out anyway. It was so good. I'm putting it out anyway. So I've kind of gotten over the perfection thing and, and I just try to be really consistent. Do you have a best feedback or best reaction you've gotten from your podcast? You know what? I will say, I don't know that I can, can think of that off the top of my head, but I will yeah. say this. I love getting feedback on my podcast because feedback on my podcast fuels me to do more and to do better and to, to continue to do this. So I would encourage everybody listening to give feedback on the podcast that you listen to and that you love and even that you don't love. Right. Like maybe even, you know, maybe not go to app, you know, maybe email me if you don't love it. You don't have to give me a two star review, but, you know, email me. I did a podcast one time about something about Oprah and I had a few people that are like, do you know that Oprah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, OK, it's not which feedback I think has been really helpful. It's it's that feedback in general is so helpful to me yeah. and it makes me know people are listening. And that's really pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, then let's switch from your podcast to LinkedIn. Do you have a favorite like LinkedIn success story? Last week or the week before, my great aunt turned 95 and she is a huge New York Mets fan. And I have a lot of Twitter followers, like a hundred something thousand. So I'm tweeting. I created this little video montage of her and her Mets gear and her singing Mets songs. And I tweeted all the Mets and I tweeted all these things and made a few people respond, but nothing great. And then I went on to LinkedIn and I went to the company page for the New York Mets and I'm like, all right, who am I connected to here? And there were a few people I was connected to, but nobody that I was really connected to that, that I thought would be really valuable. So then I said, well, who are the second degree connections? And I was second degree connected to their social media manager because I've got sales navigator. I can send him a private, I can send him a message. I sent him a message. I linked to the tweet because Twitter gives me some credibility because I have so many followers. And I was like, she would love a video from the team. And on LinkedIn, where I have nowhere near 100,000 people connected from somebody, it was a second degree connection. He responded and said, all right, I'm going to do it. I'll get the manager to send her a, a video. And uh, he goes, check your Twitter account. We'll tweet it. And a couple hours later, there was a video from the New York Mets manager wishing my aunt a happy birthday. Now, the, th the reality here is I really thought it was going to happen from Twitter. But how fun is it that it happened from LinkedIn? <laughs> 
and I teach LinkedIn, right? I was like, of course it was my LinkedIn re- outreach. I must've tweeted 25 people, five people I connected to on LinkedIn. And I messaged and said, Hey, can you do this for me? And somebody came back and said, yep, sounds good. Let me, you know, just keep an eye on Twitter. So if you don't ask, this is what I mean by having a big ask and thinking big. Don't be afraid to think big and connect with the biggest people in your industry. We don't have to get past the gatekeepers anymore. We can go straight to the top. If they like what we're saying, but they're not the person, now they're going to send you down to somebody. And now you're, you're going to say to them, well, your boss told me I should call you. The best stories about LinkedIn always happen from building relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? So build the relationship and ask the question and, and then just enjoy the fruits of that activity. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. It sounds great. That's a great story. So now that we've got everybody all hot and bothered about LinkedIn, they're like, you know what? That's it. I've got time on my hands now. <laughs> Where do they go to to find what kind of trainings do you have? I know you do one-on-one yeah. stuff, but you also have all sorts of yep. different varieties. So, so. freelinkedinworkshop.com always goes to our most recent training. Sometimes we're doing them live. Right now, as we're recording this, I'm doing it live every week. That's not every week for the rest of my life. So sometimes when you go there, you'll get to an opportunity to just grab the recording. Sometimes you can do either one, depending on what's going on in my business. So free LinkedIn workshop always gets you to the the newest training that we've got. But connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you heard me here. If you want me to take a quick look at your profile, ask me that in the connection request. And it may take me a little while to get back to you, but I will get back to you and with some feedback on your profile. And, you know, I want you to have success on LinkedIn. I'm like, my personal mission is to make LinkedIn more accessible to everyone and more valuable to everyone. So I'm ha- I would be happy to, to give you a little feedback on your profiles. Nice. And again, that's freelinkedinworkshop.com. And then if they want to check out your podcast, goodgirlsgetrich.com. And uh, anything different at karenyankovich.com. You know what? That's the home for everything. Yeah. So com is where you'll see all the LinkedIn products and services we've got. Of course, you can get to my podcast there as well. I've got a digital program. And you know, like Dave mentioned, we do some one-on-one work as well. So I'm happy to chat if you're looking to just talk about what LinkedIn strategy might look like for your company. That is what I love to do the most is talk about to brainstorm how this can be really profitable for you. Well, again, everybody, the the website, we just gave all the websites, but freelinkedinworkshop.com. I'm going right there the minute we get done with this. I'm like, wait a minute, free training, free education. That's always a good thing for me. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it was so fun to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that conversation. A couple of things I took away from that. I never really knew when somebody like, hey, you want to connect? And I go, Sure. And that was kind of the end of it. Now I'm going to be like, hey, thanks for connecting. What do you do? Here's what I do kind of thing and see if there's something that we can partner with. Get that conversation going. And if the conversation leads nowhere, that's fine. And if it does, that's even better. Here again, we noticed that to really have success, you have to do a little more than what everybody else is doing. This is not a spray and pray. This is something where hey, why not do that little bit of extra work? Go listen to them on a podcast so you can prove prove that you are legit. Look, I heard you on episode you know 722 of the School of Podcasting and yada, 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 I really like this. Do you do this kind of thing? I'm here to tell you, nobody does this. This happened today. As I record this, May 10th, this guy emailed me and here's the fun part. He's a communications expert. Yep, keep that in mind. Communication expert. 
And he emails me, and I forget what the first paragraph was. Blah, blah, blah. I can help you get on shows. Podcasting is the best thing. Let me get you booked. Yada, yada, yada. I've cured cancer. I invented sliced bread. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And then I look up, and I notice that there are no less than 30 emails in the carbon copy field, which means everybody can see the field. And I'm like, great, because I've had two emails, not one, two emails ruined because of this, because the next thing you know, I'm going to start getting, hey, look at my Etsy sale I'm having and blah, 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 and buy my stuff. And you're like, oh, people won't do that. I'm here to tell you people will do that because they know those are real email addresses. So I politely, somebody reached out and said, hey, you're an idiot. Thanks for sharing my email to everybody. To the guy who was like, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, sometimes we all make mistakes. Oopsie. And besides that, your email's on the internet anyway. Not really. Mm-mm. No. When you start to get defensive in your apology, it's not a good apology. And so, of course, people hit reply all to let this guy know, hey, guess what? You're an idiot. And so I'm getting all the replies. And after about the third one, I clicked on the guy's website. And I'm not even going to say it, although I, I really want to throw him under the bus. And uh, his website is parked, meaning when you go to his website, there's nothing there. It says, hey, this guy bought a domain at GoDaddy. And so this is a case of, of again, this guy doesn't want to do the extra work to say, hey, I hear you do a show about podcasting. You know, I have somebody who has a great success rate with their podcast, would that be an interesting story for you? Yeah, it would. So it's it's when you do these little extra things that make you stand out and people are like, oh, wait, this is a real one. This is, this is not some fake. I had somebody this week also email me, Dave, I love your show. Which one? I got about 17 at the moment. So do the little things and then approach people and you will have success. And LinkedIn, again, is all about the relationships. And you heard the success she had with her relationships. Have you gone to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question yet to answer the question of the month? The month is ticking away and I need your answer by Friday, May 22nd, 2020. What is the question? And right now I'm obsessed with focus groups. I just am. And so it's kind of open-ended. The group, the the group, the uh, the topic is focus groups. When you started your podcast, did you assemble any feedback? Would you be interested in getting feedback on your show? If you did start one, what did you learn? If you didn't start one, well, why not? Don't you think it would be good to get some feedback? And so I'm looking for any kind of input on how, when you started your podcast, you got feedback. And if you're like, hmm, and now as you're going through, how are you getting feedback and what are you learning from it? Has anything changed from your show, from feedback? I'm kind of noticing, and and let me point that out. Did you notice how specific Karen was when she was talking about her target audience? I'm noticing, you'll hear in a couple of weeks, I interviewed Daryl from the Total Soccer Show. These are people that are doing podcasting full-time. They really, really know who their target audience is. I'm noticing a trend here, and I've seen it a while. And so I'm looking into 
How are people getting feedback? Are they getting feedback? You know, you heard a commercial earlier for the podcast review show. That's something I do with my buddy Eric K. Johnson from Podcast Talent Coach. That's a way to get feedback. But in the end, you might just want to go to your target audience. And so I'm actually doing that a little now. I'm interviewing people. I'm just reaching out to random listeners and going, can we get on a Zoom call? I want to talk to you for a bit because I really want to understand my audience. So if you want to answer, and when you do this, slowly and clearly tell us about your podcast and your website so we can go and check it out. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I need it by Friday, February. February. Why am I thinking about February? Because it's cold outside. It snowed in May in Ohio. What's up with that? May 22nd. 2020. And you can uh, click there and use the uh, button to record, or you can upload a pre-recorded message. Thank you in advance. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. That's where you want to go if you're ready to start your podcast. couple of things going on as well. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. You now get a newsletter from me every Wednesday that I'm calling the Podcast Halftime Report that kind of explains uh, what's going on this Wednesday. You'll hear me uh, talk about, and I'm going to talk about this in the future episode of the School of Podcasting. I find this really cool feedback tool, especially for people like SP over at uh, Better Podcasting and Bandrew at Podcastage that are looking for video Responses. If you're looking for a video response, well, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter and you will get that before it even comes here because I'm still playing with it. But by Wednesday, I'll have an opinion. And so again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. Thanks so much for listening. Other things coming up in the future. I mentioned the total soccer guys. I am right now I'm taking a class on building community from Mighty Networks and I got to interview the head of growth at uh, Mighty Networks. That's a really interesting tool. She'll be coming on, uh, Jessica Shambora. And what else we got coming on? I'll be talking about Pod Page and Podcasting Page. Those are two new tools that are in the uh, system that uh, in the in the Podosphere. I hate that phrase. The Podosphere uh, that are new that I've been playing with, and actually have a course right now on both those at the School of Podcasting. All these fun filled things are at the School of Podcasting. I hope you are surviving your pandemic. Please be safe. Things are starting to open up. Don't be stupid. Be safe. I need as many listeners as I can get. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you-